This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? Topic number two with Matt from the East Coast is how to have inflation be your friend versus your enemy. Gotta love this topic. What do you think? I mean, the numbers are there, right, Matt, Mike? You know, we talk about it all the time. I always just say it's just math. And I don't have an MBA and a and an econ, you know, econ like you. And but it's just math. You know, we're business guys that come to the middle and say, it's just math. You know, the, the biggest wealth divide, don't let people love the biggest wealth divide is about assets. It's about assets that appreciate and inflate, you know, through inflationary times. If you own assets, you go up and down with the market and with the tides. And if you don't, then it's only about your W-2 and how much money you're making. And that's where the wealth divide is. It's not about income. It is far more about assets. Oh, without question. It, you know, if you're just paying attention to what's happened the last 13 or 14 months, right? Where there's, there's this yeah. notion or saying, don't bet against the Fed. Right. You know, in my 30 years of investing, you know, I've heard that statement, I don't know, three or four times. But this is what it means. The Fed in economic uncertainty or economic disaster will come in and prop up the financial system. That's right. What does that mean? Well, they're going to come in and be the borrower or lender of last resort. They're going to come in. They're going to try to manage interest rates. They're likely going to try to force them lower. And what does that mean in the real world? That means assets are protected. Mm -hmm. Assets, generally speaking, go up. Think about the stock market today at record highs as we exit a pandemic. Why does that happen? Because the freaking Fed said it's going to happen. That's right. 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 Why is real estate up across the country? Well, some of it's demand, sure. But a lot of it's because lending is cheaper, right? Borrowing is cheaper. That's right. Right. The payment, the the payment's lower. People buy payment. They don't buy the overall value of the house. People that can't, you know, get their heads around. Well, I just looked at these houses last year and they were $40,000 less. Yeah. Look at what your payment is. I bet you it's lower. <clears throat> your payment's lower. It's about that payment. And especially like if you run a business, you know, if you're not a business person, I get it. But if you run a business, it's all about margin. Mm-hmm. It's all about the difference between what something costs <clears throat> and how much money you can make on it. Yeah. That's what people live in. And, and it's the same thing when you look at a house. You know, my payment last year was $1,750, but the house was $300,000. And this year, my payment is seventeen fifty, but the house is four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. What changed? The value of the asset went up crazily because the rate went down in which you can purchase, and it's in that margin. So, you know, I, I was reading something. This is the seventh least expensive housing market in history. Yeah, I saw that. Seventh. Yeah. That means that there's only six markets in the history of time that are less expensive to buy than it is right now. Mm-hmm that's an indicator you should be doing your homework. Yeah, yeah. step up, do the work. <laughs> do the work now, because here's what I see coming, you know, with, with all this crazy legislation, all these bailouts and all this crazy stimulus, 
what's going to happen is eventually when that takes hold and there's not going to be a crash, you know, you, you, there's 50,000 other channels you guys can go watch and be bored with non-factual. Yeah. Data. Scare yourself. If you want to be scared, go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Go watch those other channels and be completely mystified when nothing happens this year. <laughs> yeah. The only thing, I mean, right, Mike, you know, yeah. it's just, we talk about it all the time. It's just beyond infuriating because we're in the markets every single day and Vegas, three weeks of inventory. What are you joking? Yeah. Six months of inventory is considered a neutral market and they have three weeks. That ain't changing fast, my man. It's, it's just, just not. not, you know, so there's going to be a lot more supply that will eventually come on. We're actually, I'm seeing some foreclosures. I actually bid out on a foreclosure and I lost one, but we're not talking about thousands of foreclosures. Like literally mm -hmm. the list went from, you know, like a dozen to like 25. Yeah. So it doubled, but that's still a really nominally and really small number. So the key is doing all your homework now, being ready now. This is a preparation game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the 10,000 hours of preparation. In this case, not nearly that much time. <laughs> but, you know, it's that 10,000 hours meeting that one moment of opportunity. You need to be ready and poised to act because if this stuff starts to happen, if inflation, you know, really starts to become a raging bull, if the Fed then can't control interest rates, and then on top of that, there's inventory that's finally meeting the need, the, the, the market need. Now you're going to start to see the very first thing you see is things start to slow down a little bit. Things start to slow down a little bit. But that means that you're probably, when you see that start to plateau, that means you've probably reached your top. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of time before then rates really start to jack up. So you can still buy kind of at that top, if you will, because the rate's good. Mm-hmm. The rate's yeah. good. And if the house goes down $100,000, your rate doesn't, your, your payment doesn't change. And quite mm -hmm. frankly, if the house goes down a hundred, usually it corresponds with that rate as well. So you're getting the same amount of house, just less money. Yeah. When I think about inflation and, and trying to help people understand, I think there are three things where inflation can help you as a property owner, in, in this case, a landlord. And we're just going to break them all down. It may be obvious, sure. but we're going to break them all down. One is value or price, depending on what you want to call it. Right. So price really is, or value is really impacted by a couple of things. First, the supply demand imbalance, cost of sticks and bricks, and of course, inflation, right? The, the ownership of an asset. I mean, think about a, a piece of real estate you bought five or six years ago. Is it more valuable today? Of course. Yeah. Sure. Sig significantly yeah. would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. And even worse is how much more expensive is it to build it? Exactly. That's what I meant by That's, sticks and bricks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the, just the, the physical store of raw material is yeah. more valuable, right? Yeah. yeah. We're expecting a new baby. And so we created a room in our house because we wanted to make sure they had no, their own spot. Details, details. Details. Silly. And it took me to build a wall to section off a room. To build a wall, do you know how much money I paid for each two by four? Just a regular old two by four by eight. Take a wild stab. Oh, 30 bucks. It was just a regular two by four was seven fifty. Oh, wow. Okay. They used to be $2 and 48 cents. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Three. I mean, yeah. Now think about that. You know, you're, you're thinking pressure treated and that's what's yeah. needed on the outside of these homes. Right. Yeah, that's, that's all but just I, yeah. a regular interior stud. Okay. Like, Holy Toledo, yeah. you know, I mean, to build that wall, it was 300 bucks in materials that used to be a $65 project. Yeah. It's, it's funny you bring that up. I mean, something I have to do a lot in my uh, rentals is do the, like fences, like 50 feet yes. of fencing in the backyard. They just get beat to shit over the decades. They do. And, and I used to build a fence, let's call it 50 or 60 feet. It was probably 
I don't know, all in labor included like 1500 bucks. Yeah. Now it's like four grand. And the yeah. labor didn't change. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? You know, I mean, that's, that's, and that's the stuff that we're seeing, you know, just to do that wall. And we see, you know, we did, we did a project where we did an addition on a house, uh, probably uh, uh, actually right, right around February of last year. And that cost $21,000 to do that little addition. Uh, it was a couple hundred square feet, just the stick build and weather tight portion of it. Mm-hmm. I re-looked at those numbers. That same project is 35. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So inflation in value, price, all of that, it goes up. So again, getting on the property ladder, that yeah. is going to be helpful because it, you know inflation can be your friend. The other one, if you're a landlord, is obviously rent. I'm yes. going to guess rent's up from five years ago in your market? Yeah, only a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't have, you know, I know that, I know that uh, California does what? 6% cap. Yep. Mm -hmm. So New Hampshire does no cap. (laughs) And so we have some folks where we went back to them and just said, this is the new number. And in some cases it was 10 and 12. I think we had one that was 15%. Wow. Hey Mike, that was in a year. Yeah. That's nuts. It was in a year, one year. And I just said to them, I said, guys, with all due respect, just look at what else is out there in the market. I can save you the money from moving. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, my, my taxes have gone up, you know, my costs for everything have gone up, mm-hmm. you know, repairmen have gone up materials for those, you know, I've, I've been waiting two weeks for a part for a dishwasher, mm. you know, the tenant thinks I'm a jerk. I, I swear to God, like if I could make you the part, I would, Yeah, exactly. you know, but, but that's the thing is, you know, we're just dealing with a lot of things that, that COVID killed in the supply chain. So to Mike's point, you know, inflation occurring throughout all these different parts of the market, it's going to show up on the housing side. And the best thing that you can do in an inflationary envi- environment is have assets. Exactly. And then the last one, just to kick off inflation is when you sign up for your uh, debt, at least with residential, you can get 30 oh, yeah. year fixed rate debt. Yeah. Which means as inflation goes up, payment stays the same, right? Just, yeah. Doesn't, I mean, the I, bank doesn't come back to you and go, Oh, <clears throat> sorry, we're going to raise the rate. Yeah. Like you and I would never give up the position that we're in to go back there, but mm-hmm. it is a really refreshing conversation when I get to talk to somebody about doing a project with 30 year fixed debt. I mean, it just gets me a warm inside. Exactly. I mean, we don't, we don't have that option. You know, you and I have, yeah. you know, these commercial deals and they're, you know, five, seven, 10 year resets yep. or whatever, you know, whatever product we're using at that point. <clears throat> and, you know, for 95% of the people that are watching this, they're going to be a first time home buyer, maybe a second time home buyer, but they're going to get three and a half fixed rate, 30 years, guys, honest to goodness, like you look at any 10 year spot over history and it's like three and a half percent is what the average rate of increase is in the housing market. If you start 10 years earlier at 23 instead of 33, you're picking up 10% there. Plus you pay down on the asset for 10 years. Like guys, this is, it's just math and it's liberating and the power that it gives you, the flexibility that it gives you, you know, don't buy into the lie. People that are renting, you know, that are in their mid thirties, I guarantee that they would do things differently if they are in their mid thirties renting. I wish they, I bet they wish in many cases they could turn back the hands of time. Yeah. Because they're telling themselves right now, I wish I bought 10 years ago because it costs extra hundred grand or whatever it is now. And they've lost hope or whatever it is, which just is, is just, yeah. just bad. So yeah, again, let, but, in, but, let inflation, go ahead. I was going to say, but let people, you know, but take heart. Yeah. 
you can still fix it today. You yeah. can still fix it today. But they would tell you if they said, you know, I would go back and talk to my younger self and say, hey, make some more sacrifices at 22, 23 years old, make some more sacrifices and, you know, put yourself in a position because imagine if you bought 10 years ago, like that is the, that is how people, you know, people are looking at that and saying, holy cow, like Mike, there's places around us where if you bought a house 10 years ago, you might've bought that thing for 150 or 160 grand. And now it's worth 300. Yeah. Did, would, would they be able to save $150,000 with their job over a 10 year period? No. I doubt it. And not yeah. unless you're really living tight. Yeah. No. You know, on the yeah. Saturday chat, I saw that guy who's got a, a, a monthly nut of 800 bucks. Yeah. I was impressed. <laughs> I was like, damn, bro, you are on it. You are killing it. I mean, yeah. I wonder if he lives in the hills of Montana. Yeah. But, hey, no judgment. 800 bucks is no, 800 bucks. <laughs> I live in New Hampshire. I mean, yeah, I get it. I can never judge Montana and I are brothers, you know? And so, but you look at it and you say, he's, he's mastered his money. He's at oh, yeah. 800 bucks a month and he owns his house or his condo outright. Yeah. Like, dude. Awesome job, man. Awesome. You know how, and again, if I remember the numbers, right. He already had 1200 bucks positive cash flow yeah, on his rental and, property on yeah. an $800 monthly nut. And he's like, how soon am I being done? Well, mathematically, yep. You're pretty damn close, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. I told him, you know, if you got to two grand and your 800 didn't change, dude, life's your oyster, right? Go, go party. A hundred percent. I mean, he, the only one thing that he did say is he was single. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's going to change, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's expensive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wife, kids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah. you know what though? But, but to even be in that position, dude, he is top half of 1%. Oh in his age group with where he's at, dude, you're killing it, man. Killing it. And that's the thing is everybody can be in that position. He's just, he's the dominator of his dough. He's the master of his moolah. You you know, he's absolutely, he's dialed in. And that's where, that's where I want to see everybody get to, because like we talked about in the last video, the average purchase age purchase 33 years old. It just doesn't need to be that high, especially with three and a half percent money down. Like if you make the effort, you're going to buy a house in your mid twenties. Yeah, exactly. And in the end, again, inflation can be your friend. We've already talked about three ways or it could be your enemy. And that's really easy, right? If you just keep spending money on stuff, stuff gets more expensive. Your income doesn't keep up with the rise in costs. And oh, by the way, we got a lot of taxes coming, a lot of spending coming. If you don't own assets, it's about to get even more uncomfortable. That's right. I mean, we, we talk about the wealth gap, right? The wealth gap is going to get even greater when inflationary times hit because your dollar goes not as far and the assets that you own appreciate just by sitting there Mm -hmm. because to replace them is more expensive. Yeah. That's the wealth divide is people that have assets eventually get wealthy or at least are certainly well off. And people that don't have assets don't because it just comes down to what your income is and your income can only grow so fast. There you go. All right. This has been a lot of fun. I look forward to topic number three. Thanks buddy. Absolutely. Thanks Mike. Mm -hmm.